Well, I think unless you're listening, you're here, and you're on your honeymoon, then uh, you can probably relate to that song if you are married. That uh, we, we know that it's, sometimes it just feels like this battle's going on. So boom, 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 and we're just pushing it back and forth. You know, I think about when people step into marriage, you know, that they step into this thing that they believe is going to be this, this happily ever after, as best it can be, right? It's like, hey, that's what I want to step into. And today's, nowadays, it seems like we go from I'm ready to I do to I'm done faster than at any other time in society. That, that, that we're just seeing that there's a, a struggle with people when it comes to getting where they're committed and saying, hey, we're all in and we're going to be able to go through and we're going to survive and we're going to get through this. And, and, and I think that maybe one of the reasons that, that we're seeing marriages fail at the rate that we're seeing them fail today and at the pace and how quickly they are is because of where people are getting their, their view of marriage. Where is it that you would say, hey, this is kind of where I get my view and I get some of my ideas of, of what a marriage is and what a marriage looks like. And, and I think about some of the ways that, uh, that we've been inundated with or some of the ways that we just had the steady dripping of, of influence on us of what a, a marriage looks like because we've been able to, to watch vicariously some, some characters and be able to see what, what does that look like. In fact, let, let's look at a few of these. Here's, here's somebody that maybe has been a little bit influential on the way, and that would be Homer and Marge, right? That, that we've got Homer and Marge, and, and we think about they are, and they've been on our, our screens for over 25 years and, and being able to see, well, what, what does that look like? I mean, they've got, they got longevity going for them, right? That, that's one good thing that they've got going for them. But, but maybe that's where we kind of get this idea, and this, this is how we're supposed to treat each other, how we're supposed to speak to each other, how we talk to our kids about our spouse. Or, and maybe this is where you get some of your ideas and some of your views of marriage. So, so here's another one that's uh, Philip and Hillary Banks. And so anybody, Fresh Prince people, anybody? Yeah, a few of you guys, you know. So, so here's, here's a couple that they're like, you know, hey, we, we, we love people, we love kids, we all even love other people's kids, right? And, and, and we'll do our part of whatever we can do. And, and so we, we see this couple, we see their love and their relationship unfold before us and get some ideas. Uh, here, here, here's another one, Jim and, and Pam from The Office. I don't know, do we have any office watchers out there? Got a few of you guys. Uh, that just didn't do it for me, but um, I, I know there's several out there. In fact, one of the things that I'm told is that this is one of the most anticipated weddings that has been on a TV show of, of people wanting them to fall in love and wanting them to get married and the angst and the pressure of are they going to and are they going to get to, you know, and, and being able to, to see that. And maybe that's where you get your view of, of, of marriage and seeing what, what it was like and what that flirting was like and how do we get to a place where we're willing to commit and, and watching that all unfold before you. Here, here's, here's another one that, uh, that we have Mitch and Cam, Modern Family. Some of you guys might be going, whoa, I can't believe you put that up there. But I'm telling you, where is it you're getting some of your influence and some of your views of, of what marriage looks like? That you're going, hey, that, that's where I'm going to glean and look and see, hey, what does that look like for me? Now, I'm a little old school, and so I would have to say that the, that the influence that kind of had more influence on me, at least through what I watched on TV, would, would fall into these last two. One would be Howard and, and Marion Cunningham. 
Happy days. Anybody besides me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a lot more because we're showing our age, you know. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the, the, here's a, this, such a wholesome couple, not a perfect couple, but such a wholesome couple. And, and they were just trying to do the right thing, you know, and just keep pushing through and, and, and what they were trying to do. And we certainly got that. And, and then the last one, Mike and Carol Brady. Um, we, we get to see them, and, and, and many of us grew up, if you're my age at least, you, you grew up and you grew up watching them, or you grew up watching the, the reruns, and, and every time it would start, and you'd keep watching the screens populate with all the different ones, and making it up, and, and you just get that ditty going in your, in your head, and, and it, maybe for you, you look at these and go, hey, this, this is kind of where we get a lot of our imagery from of, of what marriage looks like, but, but there's probably a, a different one that I, I, want, I want you guys to look at. That we would go, oh, but that, that kind of does it for me. And that is when, when somebody exchanges vows and, and there they are on their wedding day and, and, and they get all these portraits to remember that, that incredible day and everything's being fought to make sure it's just going to be perfect and everything, you're not fighting necessarily with each other, but, but fighting against the system to make sure that this is going to be just an incredible day and wanting to have this and have this memory. And so, and so we're just going to kind of leave that up because I, I think that a lot of us, that, that when we think about marriage and we think about this tested love, that, that we step into it and we know that, that, that there's going to be some, a test at times. It, it, it's going to be difficult at times. But I, I do wonder where, where we get our views of marriage. And so, yeah, I, I think what we watch on TV, I think that might shape us some of what it is that we end up having as a view and go, hey, yeah, that's how I'm going to define marriage. It might even be of, of what you see on social media. It might be the, the home that, that, that you grew up in. Maybe your view of marriage, of where, where you get that and what you end up thinking about is, is you think about just what you saw today coming to church. And you come to church and and it seems like when we, when we come to church, that, that if you're married, that, that when you step into the building, it doesn't matter what was happening 15 minutes before. doesn't matter what happened all morning long, all week before. But you step into the threshold, the doors of the church, and it's like, you're all smiles. You got to put it on. You got to make sure everybody thinks that, that you're just getting along, and it is great, and it's gravy. You know, I, I, can, I can tell you that um, I, I, I've been guilty of that. I, I can tell you there's been a handful of times that I've stood up here and, and I've, I've preached. I, I, I bring the message. And Cheryl and I were at odds. Maybe it was because we were at odds that morning. Maybe it's because we got at odds over the weekend. Maybe, maybe it was even before, but, but it's happened. I'm probably not telling you anything you wouldn't be able to figure out on your own. I'm just being honest and transparent and straight up telling you, okay? And I, I often don't let Cheryl know what, what's going on around here, not just from the ins and outs, but even from a message, from what we're going to be teaching, what I'm going to be teaching week in and week out. And, but, uh, but this week, I, I decided I was going to let Cheryl know what I was going to be teaching on, the, the series I was going to be starting, Tested Love. And uh, I, I reminded her a few different times, especially heavily over the weekend, of what I was going to be doing because I was really, really hoping that I'd be able to get up here and it wouldn't be one of those times that I've got to be at odds with my spouse when I get up here and I get to share with you. And so, uh, you know, I, it was putting a little bit of pressure on me. I, I tried to share a little pressure with her and... Uh, you did good, babe. So we, we got through it, right? And so, so we did. We, we survived. So I get to get up here, and it's just going to be an easier one for me to do because we're not at odds this morning as we go through this. But, but I, I think about 
that, that we have all of these things that we begin to think about, what, what marriage looks like, and, and we begin to, to let all these things that come before us, and we're, we're trying to filter, is, is that a good example of marriage? Is that a, not a good example? And we're trying to filter all of these things and trying to understand what, what marriage should look like. And so whether you're here and you're listening and, and you're married, or maybe you're here, you're listening, you're watching online, and, 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 and you're dating, and, and you're kind of pushing through and seeing, hey, where's this thing going to lead? Whether you're here and you're single and you're just ready to mingle, wherever you're at, that, that all of us, eventually, we end up getting this, this marriage on our mind. And maybe it's not even for ourselves. Maybe it's for other people we love, especially if you're a grandparent. Maybe it's thinking about your grandkids or your own. But, but we do. We begin to think about marriage. And I think that we need to let the one who designed marriage be the one to define marriage. That we have a creator God, and our creator God, he has designed marriage. And because he's the one that's designed marriage, we need to let him be the one that is defining what marriage is and what marriage isn't. That we should be looking to him for this, and that we should be trusting him. And the more that we align our views with his views the greater our chances that we're going to be able to live our best lives. But the more we deviate from God's views, whether we're talking about marriage or anything, the more we deviate from his views, the more we welcome unnecessary pain, hurt, frustration, and disappointment into our lives. Every marriage gets tested. Every marriage gets tested, and, and we don't like tests. The, the, the tests are those things, you know, especially if we think back to, to school times, and maybe some of you guys are still in school, back in school, but, but, but maybe you're somebody that you're like going, I'm done with school, like I'm done, I'm never going back to school, you know, and you're like, I'm, I'm so ready to be done and over with that, right? And, and, and as we think about school, and, and we have all these memories, and we can think about one thing from school that we just really didn't like, and that was test day. That, 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 that's just one of those things that, that, that when we have a test day, it causes us to lose sleep at night. That, 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 that when we have a test day, it, it causes us to set our alarm to get up a little bit earlier because we need to make sure we're putting all this in us and we're ready to be able to disperse it and get all that out there. That, that when we have a test day, we, we, we're just, we're, we're nervous. We're, we're, we're just, we're not ourselves because we just don't like tests. And, and, and when we show up and, and we're taking the test, it's, um, it, it, it seems like our, our deodorant has to work overtime. We, 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 just, we just do not, we're a society that, that we just don't like tests. We don't like them. Even some of the best test takers don't like it. They're, they're stressed leading up to the taking of the test. We just don't look forward to, we don't like tests. But there is something I think that we all like. And what we all like is we like tested things. We, we, we don't ever like going through a test, being part of the test. But we all like and appreciate tested things. Because what's been tested has been proven. What, what's been tested is, is shown it, 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 it's going to work, it's going to last, it's going to survive. You, you can trust this. We, we all like tested things. We just don't like going through the test. 
And so we're going to be talking for the next few weeks about tested love. That we're going to be looking at this and, and seeing what that means to be, able to, to be able to have a love that's going to be tested and that can survive. And today where we're going to get our start, we're going to get our start with this, is get on the same page. That in every relationship, when you find yourselves on the same page, you just like each other and yourself a whole lot better. That there's just that sense of, of harmony and peace when, when we're on the same page. But when we are not on the same page, it, it puts us at odds. When we're not on the same page, we find at times we don't like ourselves. We find at times we don't like our spouse. We, we, we just, we, it's difficult. We, we, we show up at the workplace and we're already in a bad mood before anything even happens because we are not on the same page and it's causing friction at home. In the early years of our marriage, Cheryl prayed this prayer for a few years and this prayer that she prayed was God put us on the same page. I didn't know she was praying this prayer. I, I didn't know and understand the, the, the difficulty and the friction of, of, of where we were at. But she did. And specifically where she was praying this, as she was praying this because we were not on the same page financially. That we were just in different places financially. And, and I, I didn't see the, the friction. I, I didn't see the problem. And, and, and if and if you are somebody that you go, hey, yeah, I don't know that my spouse and I were on the same page either, but I don't see the problem, then that would mean you would be a lot like what I was. And that, was, that would be, well, you're the spender. And if you're the spender, you don't feel the friction when you're not on the same page. It's the saver that feels the friction. It, it's the saver that is clamming up. It's the saver that, that is feeling like I don't have the security that I need and you keep spending my security. And, and we just were not on the same page. So Cheryl prayed this prayer over and over and over for the first few years of our marriage. And, and now that we've talked about it and, and known all this, it, I really can appreciate her prayer. Now, I, I didn't pray that prayer. Again, I didn't, I didn't feel the need, and I, I didn't pray that prayer. But, but if I would have been praying the same prayer that she would have been praying, I'd have been praying it with a different angle. <laughs> right? I, I, I'm just being honest, right? I, I would have been praying it with a different angle. Um, yeah, God, um, we're not on the same page, and so would you help Cheryl be a lot more comfortable with giving me the freedom to spend? I mean, I, my, that probably would have been how my prayer would have gone over and over and over. But, but she brought such purity to that prayer. And she just prayed, God, would you put us on the same page? Where whoever needs to move, whichever way they need to move, however much, God, would you get us on the same page? She didn't give up on that prayer. And it did. It took a few years before we were on the same page. And, and she had to move 6 or 7% of the way. And I had to move 90-something percent in order for us to get on the same page. And, and I'm so grateful that, that she prayed that prayer and that it was so sincere of her and, 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 and that I was willing to feel the conviction that, that God was bringing so that we could get on the same page financially 
this page that we had just not shared. Well, we're going to be looking in Genesis this morning as we look and try to understand some things about our, our designer and our definer of marriage and what it is that he has to say and he has to share with us when it comes to this covenant relationship that we call marriage. And so when we look at this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, that, that we can't follow what culture might be trying to define as marriage, but we've got to follow what our Creator defines as marriage. And He defines marriage as this relationship, this covenant relationship between a man and a woman. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Marriage is a team sport. I, I doubt there's anybody here that went, oh, epiphany. <laughs> it, it's a team sport. And, and, and when we see this as a team sport, then we need to understand this, that, that we're actually on the same team. And that, that marriage is never meant to be a me versus you among spouses. Because you're on the same team. And I know you might be going, well, we need to throw a scrimmage in there every once in a while, don't we? <laughs> no, no, you don't. We're on the same team. That, that marriage, this team, it really should be, it's, it's, it's us against the world. That, that, that things are going to happen. Difficulty is going to come. Challenges and heartaches. and it, It's going to happen, these hardships. And it's us versus the world. But what God wanted us to know, what was taking place, is, is there was this marriage fusion that happens. And what is this marriage fusion? It's the process or result of joining two together to form one single entity. That the two become one. And, and, and this is why when, when we find ourselves at odds with each other, that it bothers us more than any other relationship that we have when we're at odds. Because there is this oneness that by design, marriage fusion, that we have. And so when we find ourselves at odds with the other, we're really at odds with ourselves. And, and early on, when this starts to happen in a marriage... You, you feel it, and it's, it's difficult, and it, it bothers you, and it, it makes you uncomfortable, and there's something that you're driving you to go, I, this just shouldn't be. You might not be able to agree on who needs to move and where we need to land, but, but you can both agree this is not good and it's not healthy. But the longer you stay that way, you start just getting conditioned to where you're just kind of, well, I'm, I'm just okay with that. And so we, we, we need to be able to look and see, what is it that we need to do to be able to get on the same page? And so I want to share with you this morning how to get on the same page. Three things that we're going to look at when it comes to our marriage and what can we do. How do we get on the same page? The first one is identify shared goals. Identify these. I, I, identify the, the, these shared goals that you would have. And, and you might be going, well, we don't really talk about 
goals and shared goals. And we just don't have time. I mean, life is just so busy. We, we don't even know how we'd ever find time to even do this. Well, then do it on your, your date night. Oh, you're saying you're what? <laughs> on your date night. That what you did to grow your relationship to the point where you said, I'm ready and I do, is something you need to be maintaining after you say, I do. And, and, and your date night might not have as much romance once you're married as what it had on the front end. But it's a time for you guys to get together by yourselves, away from all other responsibilities and be able to enjoy your time with each other. That, that, that over the years, Cheryl and I have shared goals. We've had more goals developed, talked through, developed, and landed on through date night than any other time when we talk about our goals. And so you've got to find a time that you're going to identify what your shared goals are. Because you need to have some shared goals for your household. That, that what is it that, that we desire? What is it that we expect? That, that we need to have these, these shared goals when it comes to the dynamics of how our household is going to be. How it's going to run and how it's going to function. If there's kids, there needs to be conversations and have some shared goals when it comes to the kids. Well, how many kids? And then how do we want to raise them? What are we going to allow them to do? What are we not going to allow them to do? What do we want them to get involved with? How are we going to drive them and push them? How are we going to discipline them and, and have these shared goals for how we want our kids to turn out? What we want that to look like. That for us, one of our shared goals when it came to raising kids is we wanted to get to the point where our adult children would still want to spend time with us. That was just a goal that we had. We also had a goal. We don't want our adult children to live with us. <laughs> these are just goals that, that we had, these shared goals that we had. That, that we need to have some shared goals when it comes to the finances and, and what we're doing and how we're doing. And we need to have some shared goals for the future. See, a lot of those others can feel like they're just kind of goals for the present. It's just here and now. But we need to have some shared goals for our future. And that we're working to achieve those goals. It's how we're identifying. You'll identify your team goals together. If you, if you, together is how we're identifying these. And you work on your team goals together. Then it'll keep your spouse from appearing to be the enemy because they're shared goals that you're both working together to achieve. The shared goals that remind you that you are teammates and we need these shared goals. How to get on the same page. This next one is my, my favorite of the three, okay? And here's the next one. It's Get naked more often. Yeah. How, how do we get on the same page? We need to get naked more often. Check this out. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Marriages need more nakedness. And guys, you're letting me down because I really expected to hear a few amens on that. Yeah, there we go. So marriages, they do. They they need more nakedness, and, and, and most of the guys would, would be able to go, yep, yeah, we do. We, we need more nakedness, physical nakedness, right? But ladies, I think I can get an amen from you too. 
Because marriages need more emotional nakedness too. Yeah, yeah. Needs more emotional nakedness too. And when we look at this in Genesis and we see that they were together, they were naked and they felt no shame. That, that marriages are at their most authentic and most vulnerable place when there's nakedness. Physical and emotional. And I'm just telling you, marriages need more nakedness. Here's the thing, when we think about the physical side of the whole nakedness and, and we think, hey, you know, hey, if, if there's more sex, their marriage will be better. Well, I can tell you that sex doesn't lead to intimacy. But intimacy leads to sex. And in order for there to be intimacy, there has to be this emotional nakedness. And if we're going to get on the same page that our marriages need more nakedness. Third thing is focus on the journey, not the destination. How do we get on the same page? We identify shared goals, that we get naked more often, and that we focus on the journey, not the destination. The journey, the, the, the way we're going to, what we're doing as we're getting there. After, after Cheryl and I got engaged, and it wasn't the most romantic engagement, but we got engaged and, and we started talking about our, our timing and all that. We, we started talking about something else, and, and I, I, I did it. it. It was kind of a silly thing that I, that I did, but, but I even still say it even now. And, and, and the silly thing that I did then, and I'll even bring up every once in a while now, is, is I'll say... Um, 50-year contract, right? And, and so, I, so I, I say this, and, and I say it in a lighthearted way, because it really is this idea of, hey, we're, we're going to go the different. Now, I also would say 50-year contract with the option to renew. So I, I do add that part to it, just FYI. Um, but, but, but it's just this thing to, that reminds us that, that we're in this to go the distance. That, that this isn't something that's just kind of short-sighted, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. It's No, no this, this, is, this is for the long haul, that we're going to be in this and that we would focus on the journey. How are we going to do this for 50 years? And it reminds us that when we are at odds with each other, that we can't stay at odds because we're not going to give up on each other. And so we've got to get through this because we're sticking it out. And since we're going to stick it out, let's not stick it out in misery. Let's find a way to get past this issue so that we can have a joyful, healthy, loving, thriving marriage. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, talking about Adam and Eve, God blessed them and said, <clears throat> be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. That, that you're going to fill, you're going to have offspring, you're going to have kids, fill, fill the earth and subdue it. You, you're going to get to rule over the earth. There, there's no other animal on the planet that's going to get to rule over planet earth, but you guys, people, is who's going to subdue the earth. That there's going to be this journey that you're going to go through. There's a book out there 
by a guy named Chip Ingram. He's a pastor. And this book that he wrote is called Love, Sex, and Lasting Relationships. That's his book, Love, Sex, and Lasting Relationships, Chipping Ingram. And in this book, he ends up identifying 12 tests that, that we end up facing in our relationships. And, and, and in this book, he, he keeps juxtaposing the difference between a relationship that's based on love and a relationship that's based on infatuation. And, and he talks about these, these, these 12 tests that he identifies. I, I'm going to share with you seven of those tests. They're not going to be on screen. I'm just going to talk through them. For our note takers, I'll, I'll try to make sure I make them very clear what these tests are so that you can keep up and you can follow. But, but these tests, they're, they're really all about the journey. And so this first test that I'll share with you from his book is the test of time. The test of time. And when it comes to the test of time, love grows with time. But infatuation, it fades with time. And there's going to be a test. The relationship is going to get tested. A second test is the test of focus. And what love does is love focuses on the other person. And infatuation focuses on self. What are you doing for me? Because I have my needs and you're not meeting them. The test of focus. The third is the test of singularity. What love does is love commits itself to one person. But infatuation keeps all the options open. In fact, infatuation doesn't believe in singularity, but it believes in multiplicity. How many could I have? Fourth would be the test. I'm sorry. Yeah, fourth would be the test of security. That what love does is love fosters and it grows trust and it grows security. But infatuation doesn't even think security. Security is not there. It's not, and, and, and you'll see breach after breach after breach after breach after breach when a relationship's built on infatuation. A fifth one, the test of problem solving. In the test of problem solving, a, a couple that, that loves each other, they will work together to solve the problems. Where infatuated people, they just want to ignore the problems until things finally fall apart and then they move on. A sixth one is the test of physical attraction. That, that in love... Physical attraction plays a small part in the relationship. And that small part is still an important part, but it's a small part. But in infatuation, it plays the primary part. For some, the only part is this physical attraction. And the last one I'll share with you is the test of stability. The test of stability. That, that love... It endures significant challenges. But infatuation moves on 
when there's too many challenges or the challenge is too big. It just moves on. I know we've had this image up here of thinking about what, what marriage looks like and, and thinking about this image of, of, of a young couple that's in love and committing themselves to each other. And while it's a nice picture and a nice framework to look at what love is, I, I really don't think it captures really what we should be seeing when we think about love. That here is a much better image that we would see when we think about love, tested love. It's about the couple that's still together through the thick, through the thin, through, through the difficulties, through the joys, and, and that they are still committed to each other. Let me finish with one last passage. It's a passage that we often hear at, at, at a Christian wedding. And it's a passage that we find in this book that Paul wrote, and it's the book of Corinthians. It's the first one, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it's verses 4 through 7. So let me read this for us. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. See, love is what we should bring and what we should have in our marriages. And, and, I, and I think that we can, we can hear this and, and we can process it and it kind of comes in and out, and, but we don't lock in on it. And so I, I want to do one thing with you when it comes to this passage. And this thing I want to do is I, I, I really want us to begin to, to understand and feel more of what this means for us and what it is that I should be bringing into a marriage relationship, the marriage that I have or if you're, the, the marriage you would have one day. What is it that I need to be bringing? And so... I hope you'll afford me the creative freedom of putting this passage back up before us. But every time it says love or it referring to love, to just have blanks put there. And that we can look at this and, and see this with seeing these blanks. And that I want us to read this together and read this out loud. But every time you see a blank, for you to put your name where that blank is. And that we would do this. Can we get this up on screen so we can, we can share this and do this together? Here we go. And so fill this in with me. And I, I know my mic is louder, but, but I'll hopefully drown you out. But I want us to read this whole thing together and keep every time there's a blank, put your name there. Here we go. Will is patient. Will is kind. Will does not envy. Will does not boast. Will is not proud. I can't hear you guys. You guys need to do a better job so that I know you're reading along with me. We're reading out loud and we're going to do this. And so we're going to start all over. 
Here we go. Your name, not mine. Will is patient. Will is kind. Will does not envy. Will does not boast. Will is not proud. Will does not dishonor others. Will is not self-seeking. Will is not easily angered. Will keeps no record of wrongs. Will does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Will always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I don't know about you, but that's convicting. Because I know that that I'm not always living out what I just said and put my name there for. But I know that's what love is. And I know that marriages that that, that, that are tested and this love is tested and it survives, that that when there is this, that, that we're going to have a tested love. And this is what we need. So if you're married, I want to leave you with homework. I want to leave you with three things that you would discuss. That, that I heard there's a little something going on today and there's going to be a halftime. Maybe you'll do it at halftime. Maybe you don't like the halftime show. But maybe you do. You're going to find another time. But, but find a time today or this week and discuss these three questions. Here they are. Here's the homework. Question number one. How can we work better to achieve shared goals? How can we do that? You know, take notes of these, get your phone out if you need to, but get these questions down. Number two, is there anything that we are guilty of hiding from each other? Am I hiding something? Am I keeping something from you? Discuss this. Get emotionally naked. Open up. Third question, what is one thing you'd like to see improve with your marriage? One thing. One thing. Talk about these things. These things, as you discuss them, it will move you closer to being on the same page. And if you're already on the same page, it's going to move you closer to each other already. But discuss these things. Because I know you don't like the test. But you'll love having a tested love. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for being a God that you've created us with a desire to love. A desire to to know somebody, to be known by them in a way that we wouldn't share with anybody else. God, help us to see where, where we aren't doing all that we could be doing. And give us that conviction and that desire so that we could do that And so that we would be bringing as much strength and joy to the relationship as we possibly can. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.